Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thanks again for being a part of our program today, and and uh, today we're going to be talking about the family and uh, a Christian family and the need for that. And so we want to get right into this. Uh, you know, there's so much that is against the family today. We have divorce. That's over half of the people who get married get divorced. And then on top of that, there's... Uh, a lot of people never even bothered to get divorced, so they're living in uh, what we would call fornication and no commitment, so in and out kind of a situation. And this is really the, a big problem in our country because as the family goes, so goes the nation. And that has always been the situation, and that is today the same situation, and if our families fall apart, then our nation falls apart as well. So we see that the family has fell apart in many different ways today, and that is a big problem for our country. It's a big problem for any society because the family is what keeps the fam is what keeps the nation together. It's what keeps it from so many different things that would happen today and are happening today. So we need families that are strong in Christian values. We can't just have any old kind of a family because the real stabilizing thing of the family is for that family to be Christian to be walking with the Lord, to be doing things the way that God has called us to do. God has set up different standards that a family is to do, and if that family does do these various things, then we will see a stabilized nation, uh, and it will reach out into other nations as well. So let's talk a little bit about what is needed for a family to be a Christian family. There's so much called Christian today that isn't Christian at all that when we talk about a Christian family, we have people to think about all kinds of things. I remember back there when the family was Christian in every sense of the word. And we see so much today that is far from what I remember back there years ago. And many of you probably remember as well. But if you're younger, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't remember your father and your mother praying for you and having family devotions together and these kind of things that made a lot of difference with the children as well as the parents. You know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to honor our parents. 
that we're supposed to respect our elders. And when I was growing up, this was very important to us. We were taught every way that was possible that we were supposed to be honoring our parents. And this is one of the commandments of the Ten Commandments, is to honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the earth. And so we see that if we want things to go forth in the way that they should, and we want to have a happy, joyful situation in our country and in our communities, then we must have families that are doing things the way God tells us to do them. As I said, there are many things today that are not being done this way. And really what we need is some models. We need some people that will model this more than ever today. And I am trusting that before we get through with this program today, that we will be understanding how important it is to really have fathers and mothers that are walking with the Lord and that are showing our children and our grandchildren by example, by word and by example, exactly what a Christian family is and that they will see in plain view what makes the difference when this kind of a thing takes place, when our families are following the Lord and are being directed according to the standards and principles that God has laid down in his word, which is the Bible. And, you know, we need to get back to the, those simple things. They weren't all that complicated. And our grandparents and parents didn't have a lot of the conveniences that we have today. And, you know, we can just stick a, a meal in the microwave and, and uh, in just a few moments we can have our meal and things like that. And our fathers and grandfathers and our parents back there, they cooked over a, a stove that they put coal or wood into and things like this. We don't think much about that today, do we? But regardless of what kind of a setting we had, we're not uh, cooking over a, a cook stove and things like that today. And we don't have uh, what we used to call warm morning stove and stick it in the middle of the living room, and that was to uh, take care of the whole house, keep it warm. Didn't always do that. We have so many conveniences that... If we're not careful, we'll think, well, that was old-fashioned, that was old time, and we don't really need that today. It was fine back there, but today it's not really needed. I want you to know that it is more needed today than it has ever been, that when we think that we can go without God, it doesn't take long for us to find out that we made a really bad mistake. Because God has set up everything in such a way that if we love him and we love other people, then that is when things begin to work properly. Because God has set that kind of a thing into operation. 
And if it isn't done that way, then we find out that things begin to fall apart. So is it any wonder today that as we think that that we don't need God, that we can do things our own way, and all of this kind of a thing that that uh, things are starting to fall apart? The sad thing is that we have people in our government and out of our government that are saying that Christians are the problem. Christians are tearing our country apart. And if they don't talk about Christians doing it, they talk about the Tea Party doing it. It seems like that when things begin to fall apart, we have to have a scapegoat somewhere. And it seems like the people who are causing the problem have to find someone else to point a finger at. But I want you to know today that the thing that I'm talking to you about has lasted, has gone on down through the centuries, and it has always worked. There's never been a time when it has failed, when it's put into operation. And if ever we need to put something like I'm going to be talking to you about through this period of time that we're with each other, it's now. And I'm hoping that you'll be serious and you'll think about what is being talked to you about and that you'll put some of this, all of it, into operation today. And see if what I'm not telling you is the truth, that I am telling you exactly what is needed in order to have a stable home which will help our society so much, will help our neighbors and will help our country in so many different ways. If we'll just get back to God and let God be God in our lives and especially in our families. That's where it all begins. It isn't the fact that some people would say we need a village to raise our children. No, we need godly parents to raise our children. We need parents that will take a responsibility, that will take the responsibility to raise up their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and to be an example of two people that will enable them to go out into their where they're at in school and will go into the, our business and and everything that we do will be centered around our what we're learning in our families. We need this so bad today, and so we're going to be talking about some of these things that I want you to be thinking about. This is kind of an introduction, and we're going to get into details on various parts of the family today that make it a Christian family and make it work and will greatly influence and greatly help our nation and any nation that will do this. So if you're not in America and you're listening over in Britain or wherever today, this will work for you as well. It'll work for your community. It will work for your country as well as it will work for America. And it always has. God only has one standard. He only has one way. And he has it set up in such a way that regardless of what the culture is, if we will put God first and 
put his principles of family first, then we'll find that everything will work out just fine. And so we're coming up on our first break, and so this is Howard Eugene Wright, and I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Now, what we want to talk about in this part of our program is just how does a family become Christian? And this is very important because if we're going to have a Christian family, then we have to have people in that family that are Christian. And they need to be loving God and, and loving their neighbor and, and loving everyone else. So just how does a family become Christian? First of all, let's just realize that to be a Christian takes a little more than just going through a creed and going to church on Sunday morning and, and uh, going through the church calendar and, and things like this. There are a lot of people who think they're Christian today that really aren't. The way that we become a Christian is through the Lord Jesus Christ. If we have not realized that there is sin in our lives, and a lot of people don't even want to talk about the word sin, but sin means rebellion against God. It means doing things their own way. If there's no vision in the land, then people do that which is right in their own eyes, and they get far, far away from God, and they're not Christian. So I'm not talking about any particular denomination here today. I'm not talking about uh, people who think that they're the only denomination, and if you're not a part of that denomination, then you're not going to make it, and you're not Christian. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something beyond that. I'm talking about a personal relationship with God that you can only get through the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have to realize, first of all, that you're a sinner away from God, that you're far from God, and that uh, anything less than a personal relationship with Him through the Lord Jesus Christ is not Christian. Because the very word Christian has Christ in it. It's Christ-like. It's like Jesus. And by nature, we're not that way. By nature, we're selfish. We're proud. We're haughty. We don't want to have anyone else tell us what to do. And attitudes like that. And there's a lot of that going on today. But in order for us to be a real Christian, we have to be surrendered to God. We had to be surrendered to God's will. We had to be surrendered to God's way. We, we've got to realize that outside of the Lord Jesus, there is no help. There is nothing that would be considered Christian. And so I just want to make a distinction between a Christian and a non-Christian. A Christian thinks about God most of the time, if not all the time. 
Now, everything that a Christian does is centered around his relationship with God. And the Christian loves God's Word. He loves to be with God's people. He he loves uh, everything that is Christ-centered. He is a new creature in Christ. As I have told you, and all things are passed away, all things are, are new. He has the Spirit of the Lord in him that is directing him, leading in him or her into all truths. And so a Christian is much different than most people would think. So we, what do we do? We have to turn away from our sins. We have to turn away from our ways of of doing things that are contrary to what God tells us in his word. And there's a lot of that today. So you can see that the Christian is not the enemy. The Christian is the friend of our society. The Christian is not tearing this nation apart. People who are fighting against God and against his word, those are the ones that are tearing this nation apart. And if we're ever going to get it back together again, we're going to have to repent of our sin. We're going to have to turn away from from our way, and we're going to have to turn to God's way. The only way you're going to do that is to find out what the Bible says and do it. And it says that we need to repent. It says that we need to to accept Jesus as our Savior. And what are we being saved from? We're being saved from our sin. We've been taken out of our sinful state. We're being, rather than being selfish and proud and holy and these kind of attitudes, we're, we're meek and humble of heart. We're, we have committed ourselves to serve God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We've committed ourselves to loving our neighbor as ourselves. And we've committed to being a person that is helpful and not harmful and hel- and and uh, things like that. We're we are doing this not just for people's sake, but for God's sake. And when we do it for the Lord's sake, then it becomes wonderful for everyone else, because God is not the altar of confusion. He's the altar of peace, love, joy, the fruit of the Spirit. When we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we we are walking with God. We are talking for God and, and talking with God. And our prayer life and everything else about us is, is uh, wonderfully blessed. And so the gateway or the entrance into having a Christian family is for everyone in the family to be Christian. So are we Christian? Have we turned away from our sins, and have we accepted Jesus as our Savior? And not only is Jesus supposed to be our Savior, he's also supposed to be our Lord. We can't handle things ourselves. And any time we think we can, that we can be self-made people, we always get ourselves in trouble. Because that sin that's in us, will drag us down every time. And we'll say things and do things and think things that we really don't want to, but we end up doing it anyway, because if we're sinners, if we're sinning, we're a slave to that. We, 
we may think we're free. And if we're free, we think it being free is free from God and having to do God's way and God's will. We're sadly mistaken because the greatest life and the greatest thing in life is to do things the way that the Creator told us to do them. God created us not to make a mock of us and and not to make us look crazy and silly. He created us that he might have fellowship with us and we might have real fellowship with one another and that we might have a a life that is is, uh, wonderful beyond description. And the only way we can have this is through the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be good people as far as morally good is concerned. I was that way before I became a Christian, and I know many people that are good moral people, and and that is all great, but it's not far enough. We need to go farther than this. It isn't that we need to do less. We need to do more. We need to come up to God's standards and not fall below what maybe we are now. It. We just need to step out and let God be God in our lives and and let him do the work in us that he wants to do. And we need to do this not only on individuals, but we need to do it in families. We need to do it in countries, in communities. And as we do this, then we'll find out that there is the fruit of the Spirit that we talk about as being the rivers of living water. And we need the rivers, these rivers of living water, to be flowing through our families today, to be flowing through our fathers and through our mothers and through our children. We need people that will be bold in the Lord and will love him above everything else and will not be pushed back, will not be intimidated, and will not be assaulted and insulted and will not let that bother us. We need to have the backbone that will help us to stand straight. We need to have a purpose that is bigger than ourselves. We need a God that is bigger than we can put in a test tube and analyze him. We need one that is far above the heavens. We need a God that is is great and mighty and wonderful one that really loves us and cares for us, and has proved us by dying for us, and has proved it by interceding for us. This is what we need today. If we're ever going to have a Christian family, we've got to be Christian. And if we're ever going to be Christian, we've got to do it God's way, not our way. We've done it God's way long enough. We have lived for the devil and sin long enough. We've listened to the devil's crowd long enough. It's time for us to get up. Family, it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to take up our cross and follow Jesus daily. It's time for us to love God as we should. It's time for us to get together in our churches. Another thing about it is we have let the churches fall apart as well as our families fall apart. And as the family goes, so goes the church and everything else. And it's time for us as God's people, if If you're out there today, if you're hearing what I'm saying, I want to inspire you every way that I can to get up. And if you know that there's sin in your life, don't say that you're uh, some way tied into that and you have to sin and thought, word, and deed every day. Jesus came that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
and the works of the devil is sin in the hearts and lives of people that has deceived them, that has led them the wrong way. Our families need to stand up and be counted for God today. And I'm praying for you. I'm trusting God for you that you will do just that. If you're not a Christian today, if you don't love God and if you don't serve God, it's time to break with the system that is keeping you away from the Lord Jesus Christ and all of his glory. May the Lord bless and help us today that we will indeed turn back to God. God said if we'll turn to him, if we'll seek him with our whole heart, he'll be found. God is not too far away. He's just a prayer away. If you're willing to turn away from your sins and turn to the Savior today, then you'll be well on your way to having a Christian family. We've come to our next break. I'm Howard Eugene Wright, hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. I trust that I have inspired you with my last little talk of really being a Christian, because this is what it's going to be in order to be a Christian family. There isn't any other way. You can't come up with any kind of a system that's going to be better than what I'm telling you right now. The only way that we're going to be a Christian family is naturally to be Christian. That makes good sense, doesn't it? And the only way we're going to be Christian is through the Lord Jesus Christ, as I have told you in this last segment. Now that we have come to the place where we have given our heart to the Lord and and the family, the father, the mother, and the children are are determined that they're going to do things God's way, what is some of the things that we need to think about? First of all, the the father of the home is to be somewhat like a priest. He's supposed to be the one that intercedes for his family, and he's the one that is to protect his family. And when I'm talking about a father, I'm talking about a male figure. And if ever we needed today to have a male figure in our homes that will stand up for the values that has made our nation great in the first place, it is now. We need fathers to wake up. We need fathers to take up their place that they're supposed to have. And we have so many things today that would dumb our fathers down and would tell our fathers that, well, you're not really important. But I want you to know that fathers are very important, that God has set it up in such a way that the father is to be the head of the home, that he's supposed to be the provider, he's supposed to be the protector, he's supposed to be the one that leads the way, he's not a dictator, He's an example. The father is to be an example in prayer. He's to be an example in how he conducts his life. And he can only do this as he's a Christian, because otherwise it just won't work. A father doesn't go out to the tavern and and uh, drink all of his earnings away. 
the father doesn't smoke cigarettes and things like this that and all this kind of stuff. The father stands up and is a moral man that loves God and loves his neighbor, and he uh, works in his in his business, whether it's one that he owns or someone else owns that he's working for. His example in in his business setting, he's a he's an example in his community, as well as an example in his in his home. The father needs to stand up and be the example, to be the protector and the provider that he needs to be. And it's so much of a need today. The father has gone on vacation apparently, or the father has been beat down so much that he thinks that he is not important. But I want you to know, fathers today, as I'm talking to you, that that you are very important, that it, you can either make or break your family. And as you are willing to be the light and salt around you that God wants you to be, and that starts in the family. Our Christianity starts in our home. If we can't be Christian in our home, if we can't love our wife and love our children, and when I'm talking about a wife, I'm talking about a female figure, there isn't any such a thing as two males together and two females together in a home. To talk about uh, a marriage of two men and two women is about as far gone as you can get. And when we put this kind of a thing forward in our homes, and we think that this is what we ought to do. i tell you the most uh, sickening thing that I've ever seen is a woman in a, a wedding gown and another woman wearing a man's clothing. And this will never work. It never has. And you can call me a hate monger or anything you want to. But I'll guarantee you that it's just the other way around. Anyone who wants to degrade our family to two women or two men, and they think that that is a family, and we ought to even let them marry. And, and some people are so spineless that they will let them do that. And everywhere from our Supreme Court right down to our local places where we have nothing, and if we don't have anything, we'll fall for everything. And that's exactly what has happened. That's exactly what has happened today. It has destroyed our family and destroyed our country and is drastically needing to be turned around today. I might get myself in trouble by saying what I've said, but that's just the way it is. I'll just get myself in trouble. Someone needs to say it like it is. And I'm not the world's best in some areas, but I have got enough sense to realize that if we're ever going to have a family that is even resemblance of a Christian family, we're going to have to stand against some of these things that are battering against our family, battering against our homes, and would tear us apart. Because these people apparently, some of them anyway, some of them maybe don't know what they're doing, but some of them do know what they're doing. They know if they can do this kind of thing in a family and shove the father aside and the mother aside and get the children in in school where they can brainwash them into thinking that, that two daddies and two mommies are just fine. 
look, think about it. Let's do something about it. I, I am tired of sitting around and watching our families be torn apart by perverts, by people who are perverted in their thinking, perverted in their lives. And I, some of these people are backing this up. They need to take a good bath. I'm, I'm just being honest with you this morning. And I'll tell you, if we're going to ever do anything for anyone, we're going to have to turn this around. We're going to have to quit letting people who want to tear apart our families and blame Christians and the Tea Party people for doing it and don't have the responsibility enough to blame themselves and get down on their face before God and let God be God in their lives, then I can't help that. You can't blame me for that. You can't blame me because I know better, because I do know better. I'm old enough to know the way that it ought to be. So, as you can see, I'm a little riled up today, and I think it's about time that we do get to start thinking about things the way they are and stop calling Christians out of touch with reality and things like this. The world is out of touch with reality. They don't know what's going on. They don't realize that we're marching down to a devil's hell if we don't wake up and straighten up because this nation cannot stand forever the way that it is today. And someone needs to be a voice crying in the wilderness, encouraging people and and inspiring people or whatever else we can to get this thing together before it totally falls apart. Fathers, you need to take responsibility for your children. You need to take responsibility for your wife. You need to love your wife. The Bible tells us that we're to love, that men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You need to sacrifice for your family. I remember how that my mother and father were. They're both in heaven today. But I remember how they were. Many times they did without that us children, and there was four of them in our family, and there was some other half uh, brothers and sisters, and they lived in our home for a while as well. And there was quite a bunch of us, but they cared for us. They sacrificed for us to make sure that we had enough to eat, enough uh, clothes to wear, and things like this. They weren't a rich family, but they were rich in the things that really were important. And I want you to know that a father needs to be close enough to God that he prays for his family. One of the big things today is to have a praying father. We think if a father breaks down and cries, there's something wrong with him. But I want you to know that there's something about compassion in a father that is different than anything else. And we need a father that will have compassion, that will weep, when he needs to weep and rejoice when he needs to rejoice. I had a father-in-law like that who loved God with all of his heart, mind, and soul. He loved his family. He loved his people in the community and was a wonderful blessing to a lot of people because many times he was down there praying 
praying for this one, praying for that one, praying for his family. And we need people like that today. We need people that will just be praying fathers, that will be protecting their wife and protecting their children. And I'm sure that there are some of you out there, and maybe some of you are listening to me today. And if that's the case, I want to encourage you. You're doing the right thing. Keep up the good work. Don't be discouraged. Keep looking to God. God will answer prayer. God cares for you. He loves you, Father, and He's counting on you today to really get in there and pray and uphold the values that made our nation great, that make any nation great, if we'll just do it. So, Fathers, I'm just kind of majoring on you today, on this part of it, and the mothers will get their part of it next week, uh, next time, not next week, but the next segment, where I'll be talking to the, the mothers and the children. But, Fathers, you need to take the responsibility that God has given you. It's not... The government that's giving it to you. It's not some group that's giving it to you. God gave you this responsibility. And you need to take the responsibility that God has given you. Not me, not anyone else, not the church. God has done this. And he wants you to be taking the lead in your home, spiritual lead, and things like this that I'm talking to you about. So, Father's. Think about this today. And we're coming upon the next break. And so we're, this is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. We're talking about Christian family today and what really makes a family Christian. And we've talked about how that we need to be Christian. That makes sense, doesn't it? If you're not a Christian, then you're not a Christian family. And then this last segment, I've talked to the fathers of the responsibility that they need to have and how that they need to take that responsibility that it's a God-given responsibility. It isn't something that the state tells us or something that uh, the, the church would even tell us or one would tell us, but it's what God has that we're to take that responsibility. Now, this is the reason why we need to honor our parents is because we need to not resist what God has called us to do. And when I'm talking about honoring our parents, I'm not only talking about the the children that are in the home, but I'm talking about our grandparents. I'm talking about our ancestors. I'm, I'm talking about those who blazed the way for us back there in, when our nation started out and things like that, and maybe not every nation has this kind of a thing, but America does have. America has the thing of the past that we've gotten away from that is exactly what I'm talking to us about today, a real 
Christian family that really cares and really works for God. Now, let's go and talk to the mothers. Where do the mothers fit into this? Now, this is the reason why it's so important to have one man and one woman in a family. Because the mothers are the ones that are the nurturer. They nourish their family. Train up a child in the way that he's go, he goes, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So the mother is the one that is nourishing the family. That is, uh, you know, mothers like the mother. You know what I'm talking about? And so mothers are the ones that kind of keep everything together. John Wesley was a person way back uh, in the 1700s, and his mother was, her name was Susanna, and they had 19 children, and she spent every day talking to her children, encouraging her children, comforting her children, reading her Bible to her children, teaching them things, and things like this. So a mother is just as important as a father. And mothers, you need to take your responsibility too of being the nurturer in your home. And if you want to know a little bit about how a mother ought to be, go to Proverbs chapter 31 and start at about 31, and you'll see some of the things that makes for a good Christian mother the things that you need to do. That's in Proverbs chapter 31, beginning, I believe, at about verse 31. And it goes through and shows how the uh, mother is an honorable part of the family. The mother is just as important as the father. The mother plays a different role, but the two of them complement each other. They work together with each other. They're not working apart. They're not two separate things. Both of them kind of interlace between each other. And so they are united in what they're doing. And one is doing their part and the other one's doing their part. And so the, the mother is so important in a Christian family that she be an example as well. The father and the mother are examples to their parents. So naturally the mother is not going to do anything that's going to attract someone else to her, some other man to her. She's not going to be flirting around with other men. She's not going to be dressing in such a way that she's enticing men. And this might seem a little unconventional, and it is today. But I'll tell you, it's about time for us to start being the Christian family that we need to be, and we have so little of it, I I don't see an awful lot of it where I'm at, and I don't know if you see any at all, but I'm sure that there are some. And if you are a mother that I'm talking about that is modeling your life on that Proverbs 31 scripture that I'm telling you about, then I want to encourage you today. You're doing the right thing. You're being the right kind of a person today. And I want you to, to know that that um, people might say that you're a little off and that you're out of touch with reality and whatever, but I want you to know that, 
that what you're doing it has eternal consequences. And the same way with the Father, these are eternal consequences we're talking about. It's the difference between our children being heathen and not caring a thing for God and of them going out and doing something great for other people and for our society and everything else. You find out Christian families, they end up with some of the most helpful people in the world, and then you turn around to people who don't love the Lord, and you find out that it's quite a contrast. And there have been studies made on some of these great evangelists and people like that that have loved God and have gone out and been a blessing to people, and they have uh, studied both sides and found out that not only does it help the family on the short run, but it helps our society on the long run. So, mothers, I want you to know that your sacrificing is not in vain. You might have the women's groups that think that you ought to be in work, but you don't, you don't have to be. And if you stay at home and take care of your children while the wife, while the husband goes out and, and uh, provides by working, or maybe you have a home, you have a home business, and that would be an ideal thing is to have a home business where you can all work on that business. But whatever the situation may be, let's, let's think about keeping the family together. And this is the big thing too. We're not running in competition with one another in our families. It isn't that one does one thing and someone else does something else and, and we hope that everyone does the right thing. We're together with this. We're, we're going to make it work. Because we work it together, and if we will, are willing to work it together, if the mother would do the nurturing part, the father would do the protecting and the providing part, and everyone working together, supporting one another in their particular role and not trying to do someone else's job, that's, that's the problem. When, when the father falls down on his job, then the wife and children have to take care of what he doesn't do. And then if the mother falls down on hers, then it turns out that the father and, and the children have to take care of hers. But when we all take our particular place in our families, and we are Christian all the way, and we're loving God and loving people around us, it sure makes a big difference and it'll pick up any society i don't care how far gone it is and ours seems to be going fast but if we can get enough families in enough communities that will love god with all their heart mind soul and strength love their neighbor as herself we can turn this thing around we can turn it around in just a little time but we need to start today we need to look at our families today and realize that we need to do exactly what I'm saying. Children, I want you to know that you're important too. Every last one of you are important too. And you are to honor your parents, honor your father and your mother by keeping the family honored. There has to be a family honor. There has to be a, a family respect. Don't do anything that's going to disgrace your family, that's going to disgrace your home. Don't go out there and drugs and sex and what have you that 
that is so prevalent today and or go and live with someone and not be married to them and all this kind of stuff. Take the tradition that your family has, your family tradition of, of love and grace in their hearts and expressing it in their actions and their attitudes, not only in their families, but all around them. Take that and run with it. And when you start your family, you do the same. Take your family as an example and just go with it today. You'll find out that it'll make a lot of difference. It'll take care of a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion, and everything will be run smoothly. The family ought to be the haven of our children. It ought to be a haven from the wear and tear that we have in the world. Our children ought to be coming, and children enjoy it. While you don't have to do it, enjoy your family and don't do anything to disgrace them. But be a part of it. Be a part of the family altar. We need to establish a family altar where the mother and father and the children are together, reading the Bible, praying for one another, praying for their neighbors, praying for their church, and and just upholding one another every way you possibly can. I have a dream of seeing the day when our families will be restored to a Christian family. I had a dream last night, and and in my dream, we were having a family reunion, and in that family reunion, we weren't talking much about God. And my father began to pray as a woman in travail was to have a child. And as he prayed, God came, came to the family. There was first weeping, then there was rejoicing. We need to see this happen again. Fathers, start praying. We're at the end of our program, but I hope that what I've said in as much passion as I know how to say it, that we will turn back to God. Families, turn back to the Lord and let him be your guiding light. And you'll see that things will work 100% better. May the Lord bless you this week with his love and his grace upon you. And I am Howard Eugene Wright, closing off Rivers of Living Water for this week at TalkZone.com.